BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain it, what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year oh no hello everybody welcome back to random troy radio episode 386 coming to you on thursday october 29th it is time for our annual preseason bonanza with our pals from traveler heads thursday simon jamari and kenny martin Along with Keely Yor of uscfootball.com, we're going to talk about all the latest with USC going into the season, talk about our expectations, talk about what we're looking forward to, and all of that. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Omni. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansire.com. And our phone number is 213 373 I'm your host, Michael Steele. Join along here in the Reign of Troy studio with my co host, Alicia Daratola. Hello, everybody. And joining us uh, via Zoom, the first time in forever that we've had to record a pod uh, via Zoom. And so we have to like relearn how to do all of this. Uh, let's go one by one. Saman Chabari from Trailer Ace Thursdays. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good to, good to talk to everybody again. This is weird. Uh, there's like football coming soon. There's football. actually football yeah. actively happening in some places in the country, but our football is coming back. That's right. And your co-host, Lane Kiffin's number one fan in the universe, uh, Kenny Martin. Hey guys, I do want to just get it out in front of the allegations right away. Yes, early in the pandemic, I did apply for a government-issued girlfriend that's supposed to allot you a certain amount of blue chew per month. The FBI is saying right. I received five times that amount. I have Kenny, not. Kenny, it's a I, complete... I told you we were cutting this out before. Like... Okay, well, if you want to support me, Venmo is at Kenny-Martin. So. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And from USCFootball.com, the most professional person on the podcast, Keely York. How am I supposed to follow that? That's my question. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, I've been slandered all off season by this podcast, but I'm glad to join, you know? 
What's it like to listen to our voices for the first time in like a year? Because you, know you don't That's listen false? to the show. That's so false. I was listening to the last episode and I had to stop because to get on this podcast, but I had to stop right when Michael said that uh, they should extend Clay Helton. Don't know where that conversation yeah, that went. Was, I was, I, we'll have to I'm not that. talking about, <laughs> so I, I'm not saying it should happen. I'm saying that there's a difference between what I think should happen and what happens normally you can hear in, the a, glee in, in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> there's no. Uh, and I thought I was the Clay Hilton shill. I'm not. Oh my god. <laughs> this, this is why. This is why you shouldn't listen to the pod. Just don't listen. <laughs> don't listen. I'm just saying. Michael's already regretting this. I love I, it. I mean, I'm just sad that I spent like a solid three weeks trolling Family Feud, and I got no reaction. I told you guys, I couldn't listen to, like, any football podcast, nothing. It was too hard to think about, like, a past life of college football listening to Rain and Troy. I had to go dark. I had to go my cave of sadness, if you will. This is a perfect opportunity, Michael, for you to throw back that uh, that impression of, uh... There might not be football this summer, but we'll sure act like there is. It, what was so stupid is when I heard that for the first time, I was like, that's pretty funny. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> it's it's our intro. It was like, it, uh, yeah, it was a very stupid moment. And it I didn't even know. land? Are you kidding me? And I was like, oh, he's so funny. He's so original. And then I was like, oh. Well, see, that okay. was your first mistake, giving Michael a compliment, even in your fair. head. Very fair. But okay. see, she's not listening to her own thing either. So See, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Humble Keely or USCFootball.com. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It is the eve of a big, spectacular announcement of some sort that USC is going to put out on Twitter. If you've seen the tweets from Clay Helton, Keaton Slovis, Matt Leinart, uh, <clears throat> you guys listening, maybe you've seen whatever it is that is going to be out there uh, on the internet. Uh, I, I want to go around the horn before we get into this preview and just talk about the season. Take a guess what it is. And what are your thoughts about what this thing is that USC is trying to drum up attention for? We'll start with you, Keely. First off, I'm just going to say, I'm team don't pre-hype something. Like, a tease never works on the internet because people's imaginations are just way too creative. So whatever it is will be a letdown. So that's the first thing. As far as what it is, I think Simon has it. it I think it's probably Reggie Bush, something Reggie Bush related, or a preseason like hype reel I'm just curious when they filmed it because no one's wearing masks. So I'm just very curious about the production this has started up again though, in like very distant. True, but this is a football team getting it, not fair, a like, yeah. they're, they're getting tested all the time. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. they're in their own little bubble of sorts. But so, it, at practice they have to put on masks even if they take their true. helmets yeah. off. Like oh, they're yeah. really, that's really strict point. about things. That's why I have no idea what is happening here. <laughs> Maybe they're just wearing like clear masks that we just can't see. Or they CGI'd the masks. Oh yeah. Out. Maybe these are the masks that, that here in California we have to wear while eating. They're probably, new, yeah. They just roll those out. But uh Simon <laughs> Keely completely stole your thunder. Uh, and said the the Reggie Bush prediction. Yeah. Uh, so give us the Reggie Bush prediction. So they're obviously, it seems like they're in some sort of a theater of some sort, right? So uh, I think they're all going right. to hang out and it's going to be like Reggie's highlights projected on and he's going to like pop in and like sit next down to tell Matt or Keaton and be like, hey guys. Uh, you know, obviously not like that because that's not, he doesn't sound like a big dork, but 
but you know, something of something of that nature. That's that's my vibe. I mostly agree. I just think it's going to end with them all walking out of the theater and then the entire football team voting third party for Reggie Bush. <laughs> There you yeah. go. That was unexpected. Writing yeah. him in. Right, yeah, a writing candidate for Reggie Bush. Yeah. I like it. Wait, wait, and then it says that you can vote at the Coliseum. I mean, his nickname is can. the president. Let's well, not yeah, well, are, are you going to say that SC is going to push for Reggie to be <laughs> the... No, because he's the one who pushed. Come on. <laughs> just, saying, just saying. Just uh, saying. Alicia, give me your thoughts. Uh, I think they're in a theater and it's going to be the big announcement of Urban Meyer's hiring as USC's future head coach. No, not really. I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. Genuinely, I think this is one of two things. One, it may be a promo that they're filming for Fox Big, the, uh, the big kickoff thing. Or it's just some hype video that's going to be like pretty well done and have good production value. But also, they aren't reading the room and realizing that like now ain't the time to like hype your hype video. So big that's it. now would be the time if not for other stuff going on. I mean, our first game on? is a week and a half away. Yeah, yeah what's, what's going happening? on, Kenny? Nothing <laughs> happening in the world. I've been so embroiled in my own stuff, I haven't had time. I don't know if you guys know what's been. Oh, I know yeah, the, the Dodgers won the, the, the World Series. Yeah. Anything else? The happened? feds are watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're this, not this alone, year. Kenny. I'm not. No. Uh, yeah, th- this is one of those things where. I just think it's funny that we're like what nine days away from from the season starting, and we're like, ah, they shouldn't be getting so cute. What are they doing? What's with the timing of this hype video? Hype videos mean nothing. Like we we sound like these disgruntled uh, message board posters when we were the same people six months ago, sitting here saying, "Well, how cool is it that they hired these video people from LSU? Think about how great the videos are going to be and all this stuff." Like, in my defense, you can't have it both ways. In my defense, I'm not anti the hype video. I'm I'm hyped for the hype video. I think the hype, the preseason hype video, will be pretty good. I think I am anti hyping the hype video. Like, yes. j- just drop the thing. Just have a hype. Like, I and, like and also the videos they've film- done so far. Yeah, but don't film original content where you're giving lines to Clay Helton and Keaton Slovis. And like, I don't know, it just seems weird. Also, like Keely said, don't do it without masks. Don't like, again, read the read the room. Just well, we don't know if Justin Turner's involved. There, so. He is a USC <laughs> well, fan. Let's not forget that. He is. He, he is. Yeah. Great. Well, I think, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's weird. Because this is when you want to be the most hype. And I will say, I do like the job that the team has done with their videos so far. Most of them get me insanely excited for the season. Oh, But it's just, this reminds me of the start of 2016. Obviously, very different scandals going on. But where it's like going to be game day, and we can't even be fully excited or fully proud of USC. Because just some dumb stuff is going on that people may have done. Hey, how did that season end? That's it ended great without those players, oh, but like baby. I remember walking around in USC gear and being like, I feel kind of dirty, like as this scandal is just racing around the sports world. Yeah. Well, the problem is like to go back to the 2016 season. This is the same team that like crawled out of AT and T Stadium to go get boat raced yeah. by Alabama. Like, yeah. yeah. That's why I think there's so much hesitation to the hype to the hype video. It's like, okay, we've seen this before. Like, we've seen the hype happen and then the dogs, really them all being dogs at ATT Stadium. Yes. It was, cats, dogs, I don't know. It was or, some okay. type of crawling yeah. performance. Works. 
<laughs> so it just you know the hesitation is there and i think rightfully so yes. hold, hold on if sc handled alabama We'd be saying that was the greatest entrance in the history of well, college. the important of thing course, is that they didn't course, handle Alabama, which is, is but which is the point here where it's all you, about the outcome. You don't get it doesn't to, matter that like like hype videos and all that stuff can be cool in the moment, but what matters is the outcome. If SC goes out and wins football games, no one's gonna care. But it's also it's also like knowing the moment. For instance, if USC was a team that regularly went out and beat those kinds of teams and was contending like if USC was Clemson or USC was Alabama, they could do the heck, whatever the heck production they want ahead of the season. But USC isn't that team, so like, go out and work. Or, or, <laughs> or even if you just had a f- like a bad season, or so, or and now you're like re- returning. But like, I think of still obvi- uh, this will be no surprise to anyone who's ever met me. But my favorite preseason hype video still is the, the briefcase getting passed along all the people and then eventually getting delivered to Lane Kiffin because and it it's awesome. got his visor in it. And that's before 2012. What happened in 2012? It was awful. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened. Oh, did we well, actually like a lot that of bad season? Stuff I, I'm, I'm in favor. So, so I think Michael hit on something that's important about hype videos. Hype videos are like people like hype videos when the team actually wins. So I feel like we're kind of overlooking yes. the fact that LSU's hype videos were cool because they won. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Also, what happened in USC's last game? We never would have heard about LSU's videos if they were seven and five. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're not good anymore. So clearly, USC is coming off of an embarrassing loss. Yeah. yeah. And what's weird is I feel like people kind of forgot about that. You know? I mean, it was like twelve oh, yeah. years ago. <laughs> well, understandably. <laughs> Can so. you even remember the score? No. no. A lot to not enough. A lot <laughs> more than Iowa scored on anyone that season. Close, and then Keaton Slovis died. Yeah, that that's what I'm. I, I, I know that I, it was, was it 2924. Sounds right. It was 2024, yeah, and then Keaton Slovis. It was closer than the score indicated, but still uh, heavy-handed. They scored more on us than Rutgers, if I remember right. It was the perfect Clancy Pendergast performance. It was like everything and that repeatedly destroyed Clancy Pendergast. No, it was, the, it was the ideal John Baxter performance. You get that uh, great uh, onside kick, but then give up like the the touchdown. We've lost we've lost some friends along the way. It's been, it's been a long off season uh, in many regards. It's not over yet. It's I, not I, over yet. Let's I, not count our chickens. I know maybe. it's not over yet, which means that we have time for more bonus episodes over on Patreon, patreon.com slash friend of Troy's, where you can go listen to all those, get all of our bonus content for as little as five fifty five per month including our unit-by-unit preview, touching on every single unit. We've done the offense. We're getting into the defense this week. Head over to Patreon today. Uh, Let's get into this roundtable and start talking about the Trojans coming up in 2020. All right, guys. It has been a long offseason. So much so that it took me a while to find the rundown from last year, our preseason bonanza for 2019, uh, with with all five of us here on the podcast. But I did. I found it. And there was this discussion question, which I've kept for this year's episode, which was, this has been the longest offseason of our lives. That's how it begins. Little did we know that uh, this offseason was going to be longer than the last uh, last year's was about six weeks longer than the year before. This year's was two months longer than last year's, which is, do the math. We're, we're talking about three and a half, four months longer than we're ever used to 
Uh, it is going to be an absolute uh, happy moment when there's football finally uh, to be had for USC. But how do you guys balance the excitement of college football coming back for USC with the anticipation of a new season? You're excited. You're Finally, there's going to be football. But yet this has been the year of COVID. And it's we kind of have to have some cautious optimism when you look at what's going down in Wisconsin. Wisconsin just comes back with the Big Ten, and suddenly they're canceling football up, um, uh, activities for the moment. Things are should be going up, but at the same time, we're, reasons to be nervous at the same time. How, how do you balance that, Kenny? Well, and you got to remember, Wisconsin isn't in. Similar to, you know, some of these SEC teams that are now starting to can't or not now, but have been canceling games or rescheduling them in that the Big Ten testing is what the Pac-12 is supposedly going to be doing with the presumption that it it will just work. You get to play all of your games because it's so well done and well coordinated. You're not you're not a coach of Florida saying we should all have fans and then getting COVID immediately after and having to reschedule all your games. It's like, nope, there's no fans. It, we're, we're, they're bubbled up, essentially. You can argue about the morality of that at another time, but like we're just going to do it. And now seeing Wisconsin be like, it's week two and we're done. <laughs> it's like, that's not good. That's not too good. It's, it's one of those weird things where, like, I mean, it is very easy to make fun of, especially California, having sometimes, like, insane lockdown things, I think, like for holidays or whatever. But I think it's going to actually pay off pretty well for the Pac-12 in that I don't think this is going to be as big of an issue here as it will be even in the Big Ten. Yeah, so Simon, you feeling as confident? <sighs> no, not at all. Well, Simon's <laughs> team just let a guy on yeah, the field. As long as they don't Justin Turner it, um, then it's fine. But I, I, I don't, I don't foresee a way that we get through the six games without at least let's say two Pac-12 teams having to cancel a game. Uh, so I, I don't think there, there's any sense of confidence that they're going to get through this unscathed as a conference. Maybe USC does by sheer luck. But um, I, I'm still very excited. I, I want to see oh, yeah. USC football. I want to see Keaton Slovis in what could still possibly be the last year of the Graham Harrell offense. Um, it's, it's just like, I, I want to, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's probably going to be very agonizing also, cause let's not forget that there are still people involved that make this an unpleasant experience, but, uh, it, it should still, I know I'm excited. I, it, it's a, it's a sickness really. Uh, I've come to terms with that, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting the Saturdays that, that we will be able to watch it. Yeah, I cannot wait. To watch it, despite everything, yeah. Even even though it's at nine a.m. That is per- <coughs> perfect for me. I mean, Sloan is a toddler. I will have waken yeah. up post. F- I'll have watched uh, qualifying and then just roll right in to no, no a football game. Week. Huh? Oh, okay. No well, race next week. There will be Lady other weekends, and I'm sure there will be other nine a.m. games. That's true. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll actually be ten a.m. for me. I've made, made the move back to my alma mater's. Hometown. That's right. You're you're back in Keaton Slovis's uh, neck yes. of the woods over there in Arizona. Uh, Keely, you've been doing a ton of offseason content over at uscfootball.com, including a bunch of daily videos yeah. about every single Clay Helton co- press conference. I have no idea how 
you're able to talk for 15 minutes about each one of those. But more power to you. So now that you actually have football to talk about, how exciting How exciting is that? I mean, the thing is, I think I'm still waiting. You know, all, with all of quarantine is kind of just like stay in the day, one day at a time, one week at a time, and I'm still applying that to football, I think. Just because we had such a roller coaster offseason of the Pac-12 being like, we're happening, it's not happening, ah, okay, we're coming back. You know, I'm just going to wait. I think until I like actually see football, USC football in front of my eyes, then I'm going to be like, okay. This is actually happening. And I think part of the reason why I feel so surreal is that we're hearing from everyone, but we're not seeing anything really. Right. And that to me is like, a, I really like the mental process of getting to football is here is just training camp practice after training camp practice, fall camps I'm on. Uh, so <laughs> this year, this year, yeah, yeah, fall camp. So I don't know. I think it's, it's weird to me. I don't think it feel, it will feel real until I see it. And even then I'm like, it's a weird season. So will it be real? I don't know. It's I'm, I'm TBD for me. It's so surreal right now. It like, doesn't as much as I cannot wait for next weekend. I'm like planning for it already getting excited. It doesn't feel real kind of somehow. I mean, cause we've been watching what eight weeks of college football now. That, that was, USC is not involved in. That was the crazy thing that I was looking up stats of like what are quarterbacks putting up this year to sort of compare them to Keaton Slovis. And I was taken aback when I realized that that Trevor Lawrence has played six games already. Yes. Like that's um it's incredible. And I've been watching I've been spending my Saturdays watching pretty much all the college football uh because of my, I've been working it and so I thought I would be more prepared for USC coming back. But I think Keeley's right, at least like from what I've gotten used to with a lead up to to camp, I'm almost used to camp fatigue where it's like, OK, it's been, you know, four weeks and we've been doing practice, you know, five, six times a week and doing that grind. And then by the time you get to the end of August, it's like, oh, I can't wait to be done with this bit. And then we go into the football, the actual football. And it's so nice to be able to sit there and go, we've seen so much sort of football, not real football. And now we're going to actually get to see the real stuff. And now it's like we haven't been, we haven't even gone through the camp grind. We haven't even gone through the whole like I'm tired of watching practice thing. Like I would kill to watch practice at this point. Right? So yeah. it doesn't it just doesn't feel right. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, it'll feel real it'll 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 have to be real to some degree uh so i think the thing that i'm waiting for is just the start of it all but it's been such a weird lead up uh my my hope is that this weirdness that we're feeling is minimized as far as the players and the coaches are are concerned as far as what product they put on the field once they get out there um because it's, it's been weird for us, but at least they've been out there practicing. At least they've been out there doing stuff. So with any luck, it'll just football will be back to normal or as normal as it can be. Well, especially Alicia, I, I've I'm not even getting paid for it, but I've also been watching every Saturday pretty <laughs> much all the college football happening. It's my favorite sport. So I've been enjoying it, thinking any week it could just end. So I've been trying yeah. to soak it all in. Um, but as I'm sure you'll agree it is an insane season. It's been like, crazy. Uh, if, if you're not Alabama or Clemson, I guess Ohio State, though, though only one game so far for them, everything's out the window. 
And what happened one week does not matter at all for the next week. See Mississippi State. See, see Ole Miss. Miss. See, you know, Oklahoma any, given, any given week. Uh, Texas any Florida. given week. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the scary thing for USC if we're going to look ahead to the season that, that is the on paper. Of top 10 teams, or at one point, top 10 teams with losses. Yeah. But, I mean, well, and will, it's will like every USC, week it happens. Will USC fall victim to that is, is my big question because we're going to talk about this on paper. There are so many reasons to think USC rolls, but we've seen what Penn State lost to Indiana. Yeah. Penn State lost to Indiana. That is exhibit A, you know? Maybe so, they shouldn't have, but they did. Well, I I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. <laughs> I, don't I, think, yeah. I, I think I the nose think, of the ball was probably maybe no, across the line. I think maybe. so. I, I think I it's think even Penix funnier in, if it didn't happen and they lost. You, so. couldn't, you couldn't overturn it, but I don't think he was in. But either, either way, yeah. the, the, the point effort. stands. Like This reminds me of 2007 in a lot of ways. There's been just so much carnage uh, in college football. That was a year in which... The number two team, I think, lost was it four or five straight years. It was or five, four or weeks five straight in weeks in a, yeah. in a row. At one point, you had South Florida as the number two team. I think Rutgers was, and the then number they two lost. Team. Pitt was yeah. the number two team at one point, and Boston then they lost. College was was number two with um with uh with Matt Ryan. No, Pitt beat West Virginia, who was number two. Uh, it was a wild situation, um, and this feels like a very similar year to that. So, with all of that into account. What is the benchmark for a season that has the chaos of COVID, but yet here you are with USC, uh, and as you know, as much of a hassle as COVID has been, and pushed the season back and changed things and been chaotic, SC finds itself with their four toughest games completely taken off the schedule. So how do you balance that? Anything can happen in any given ga- on any given week versus this is a schedule in which SC is going to be favored in every single game. Saman, how do you do that? They have to win every game. There's no there's no excuse for them not well, the only excuse would be a COVID incident where, you know, they lose a substantial part of the roster but does not prevent them from playing the game uh or, you know, injuries, but yeah, I, I even with in, some injuries, I would say depending on the unit uh, you would. I still think that they should win every game. They're, that's that's the benchmark. There's no reason for them to not win every game. Yeah, they're they're going to be favored. Uh, Keely, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, you have to go six and zero if you're USC. The thing is, I can I can make a case for maybe five and one. Something funky happening, you know. I circle that Utah game just because I've seen the the powers of Rice Rice Eccles Stadium. You know, the USC's powers get zapped. So. I don't know, and then the 9 a.m. game, USC always starts slow, but that's me factoring in excuses. Honestly, if you look at the talent, you, you, they should go 6-0. and There's no real other option. You know, Kenny, last year in this episode, we talked about, I want to say it was like a half-hour discussion of 6-0 and versus 0-6, what was more likely to happen? Because last year's schedule, remember, it was a daunting first six games, and then it got easier after that. And this year's schedule is pretty much just like the second half of last season. Uh, and we know that last season, SC got much better in the second half of the season. Well, those first six games last year, SC went 3-3. Three and three, But it was always a thought of they could go 0-6, 1-5, 2-4. Like, 
any record was possible. Yeah. Here we are now. I don't think 0-6 is still in the cards, but 6-0 and no. is absolutely something that we have to talk about this year when you look at the schedule. Again, no Oregon, no Notre Dame, uh, no Cal, no, oh yeah, Alabama, not on the schedule anymore. Notre Dame, yeah. Uh, this is, USC will never have as good a shot at winning the conference ever again. I feel confident predicting that. In, in terms of a schedule, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Ever again? <laughs> in yes. terms of the, the schedule laying out before them as easy as this is. Yeah, th- there won't be an easier trip because it's the yes. it's a few number of games plus... No fans, it, no no home field advantage for anyone. Yeah, and, and it's not that many games and it's not that many games against non-elite opponents. ASU is going to be tough. Utah is going to be tough. We know that. That's it. But... Like and the said, degree tough is tough does not mean that you lose. And again, tough USC is favored by double digits in yeah, that opening game. It might mean that it's not utterly embarrassing to lose to those teams, but if you're if you're Clay Helton and if you've got this much talent, especially on offense, you need to beat everybody, uh, whether they're hard or not. Yeah, and that's the thing is that the tough games are. Even USC's toughest uh, games this season uh, yeah. are against teams that are serious questions. Like, yes, ASU might be a dark horse, but the computers, the advanced statistical models, <laughs> they don't like ASU at all. Not like, at all. they're still a, a team that's ranked in the sort of 40s. So, um, you know, credit to Herm Edwards if they do better than that. But, like, the predictors don't think they are a juggernaut of a team. And then Utah, Utah literally lost everybody except for Britton Covey, who's going to be in college for another 12 years, I imagine. But like, how is he still there? (laughs) I mean, it feels like a he's still there. And also, it still feels like he's a true freshman. Like, it's the weirdest thing. But yeah, there's never going to be a a Brexit for him, right? A br- (laughs) Britton Covey. Nice. Sorry. I I enjoyed that. That was I liked it, too. Uh, either either way, Utah is as weak as they're ever gonna be. So and and UCLA is is who knows what the heck UCLA is gonna do? But they've been they've been. It, it's fair to say the other four teams are not good. I mean, I think not great. Certainly, USC doesn't have any great competition on this schedule, and USC gets a Washington State team that has mm-hmm. been ravaged by a coaching change and all sorts of other drama. Like USC couldn't have laid it out better so yeah it it feels very much like anything short of 6-0 will have been something that usc messed up it, it, i don't yeah. think i don't think anything i think like five and one certainly four and two if we're talking three and three then usc really Disaster. really messed up somewhere down the line so essentially despite the covid weirdness we're all saying that sc still has to go six and zero. Uh, five and one in a crazy situation, or else kind yeah. of uh, kind of deal. Well, everyone else is dealing the with the weird one. COVID. I wouldn't take the five and one. Yeah, That's... I'm saying five and one, and like you know, you you lose by a point to to Utah on the road, and Utah ends up being really good or whatever. Whatever the situation is, that, I guess that's, the pro- a, that's a horribly embarrassing season. Then you I know think, what the still. the problem with that season, regardless of how it plays out, Clay Helton extension. Well, aside from the oh, final extension, no. we're not going to touch on that in this episode. <laughs> you, we, we all agree that USC's likeliest or 
if we're going to put this tag on the most acceptable losses would be to ASU or Utah. Well, those are in the front half of the schedule. So if USC loses to ASU in week one, well, then what is even the point of the whole season? Like, yes, it could be a house of cards situation so early on. Yeah. So like that, I I can imagine a world where USC loses that opening game, but it's not a world that I want to live in. It's not a world that I want to engage in conversation about USC for another six weeks. Because it's not all about the playoff, but right now, I, playoffs? I, Don't talk about playoffs. I, I, I know, me? like it feels insane to even think of, but this is like USC's shot at it. If it, it, your path yes. has been paved before you to roll into it, and if you mess it up, especially in week one or week three, especially week one. I mean, if they lose to ASU, I, I really think that will feel worse even than the Utah loss would. Yeah, and you look at LA teams right now, right? The Lakers. Uh, gifted a season mm-hmm. in which the Warriors decided to take it off, right? They go in yeah. there and they, they run through the West uh, and they, they win a, a crown. Uh, the Dodgers win the World Series in a wacky year. Uh, I will insist both both titles deserve asterisks just because they're, they're weird, right? <laughs> I, I they're think they deserve both titles. I'm not saying that they nope. mean less. I'm just saying that they're weird, right? They're weird, they're, yeah. They're weird, right? So as will college football be. As will college football. So what I'm saying is we, we've seen the Lakers and the Dodgers do it, have these weird situations that ended up playing to their advantage in one way or another. Here's SC, and the advantage is 20 times more in, in their favor because of the schedule, because this is a year in which the SEC doesn't have those FCS games to rely on. There's going to be two and three loss SEC teams. There's going to be two, three, four loss Big Ten teams that we thought the were Big good. The Big 12 is working hard season. to eliminate themselves already. Oklahoma already has two losses. Texas, Texas has two losses, right? Like, there's there's going to be carnage, and we've already started to see it, you know, really since the season started. And so this really is a year in which SC, fraudulent or not, could end up you know, outperforming maybe where they are. Because I think this team is still relatively, uh, I mean, the the talent, there, there's so much talent that I think is leaving this team after this year. Hufanga and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown are both going to be eligible to the NFL draft. Elijah Vera Tucker, we know that the, the recruiting stuff is all there. But in terms of, of uh, the, the defense coming together, in a lot of ways it feels like in a normal situation, this team would be a year away from being a true contender that you would do it in year three under Keaton Slovis. But this is the opportunity when you got guys who are draft eligible, you've got a, a schedule that is completely favorable. This is it. Like you have to take advantage of this despite all of the COVID weirdness. But now here's the problem, at least initially Alabama and Clemson lock them in. Mm-hmm. Look at how, uh, except for the Ole Miss game, which they still won by double digits, Alabama, they are demolishing everyone they play, which is not true yeah. for even like the other great teams in the conferences. They're winding up in these close games or losing games already. And we might be able to say that about Ohio State, yeah, depending on what Ohio they do this week to, to Penn State. We don't, we, that's why I didn't include Ohio State yet. They've only played one game. Yeah. USC, I don't think they can... If, obviously, I think if they lose a game, they're done. They're cooked. They're not going. But it they have to win like those teams are winning. 
Yes. You have to go out and play ASU and you win 42-21. You have to pass the eye test, especially yeah. in your right. national matchups, which that ASU game is. You can have maybe one clunker national matchups. Oh. <laughs> well, this is why you wanted, and I hate being the person that's like, I hate the Pac-12, but like, this is why you would have wanted Larry Do Scott and company. Do I blame Larry Scott for this? But, like, actually, yeah. though, because this is why you would want Larry Scott, after they announced the Quidel testing, to then be like, okay, what are we doing with California and yes. Oregon? And how are we doing this as soon as possible? And, you know, from my reporting that I've t- and sources I've talked to, USC was the one, like, two weeks later that was like, why aren't we doing anything? Why isn't anything happening? And really push that and push Larry Scott to get things going. And the thing is, if you, and we don't know, California is weird and maybe Newsom needed more time and this is a moot point, but if USC somehow got the Pac-12 season started a week or two earlier and USC is now playing an eight, nine game schedule, it's a much easier path for USC to get to the college football playoff rather than, okay, you have to take care of every game, you have to win it handily, and you have to, you know get there very impressively and cross your fingers and hope that something happens and everyone cannibalizes themselves so that you can have a shot. You know, I, that's where you really wish the Pac-12 cared a little bit more. I I think you're right in the sense that if SC went 8-0 and firmly beat all their opponents, there literally would be no argument against them. So absolutely. Whereas if they go 6-0... Even if they, it's a good-looking 6-0, there's going to be an argument against them. But I maybe I'm crazy. I think SC has a better shot going 6-0 and and making the playoff than they do going... Oh, sorry, 7-0. 7-0 yeah. with the conference title win, right? Going 7-0 and making the playoff than they would have going 9-0. and because it's just one more opportunity to have one dumb loss, right? Well, sure. One more if they opportunity, lose. and 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 that one oppor- that one loss is going to be what takes them out uh, of of a lot of situations. Now, so, now, Michael, I think you and I might agree on this, but if it's I forget how many how many games the Big Twelve is playing, but I they're, I they're, think I think they're playing eleven. Okay, no, maybe not. I think, that's I think just it's nine. so many more. Nine conference games plus Nine one plus other conference. One. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think off the name recognition, if it's undefeated Oklahoma State or undefeated USC, I think the committee puts in USC. That's where I think the eye test really comes in. Is Keaton Slovis yeah. a Heisman front runner? Is does USC look really good? That is where the style points will absolutely yeah. matter matter this year, and that's what concerns me about these hypothetical conversations: is no, when has USC but, ever won the style points? But what we have to look at too is one of the funniest trends. So there are two teams that have been ranked since the AP started putting back in the Pac-12, which is Oregon and USC. Neither has played a game. Neither of them have done anything. Every week. Oregon drops a spot and USC rises. <laughs> uh, does anyone put any stock in the polls? Samani putting any stock in the polls right now? It literally means nothing. But especially with the teams that aren't playing, like it's basically just like waving your hands around and, and saying, Oh, this feels like a good spot. It's a sticky note, like don't forget. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That's, USC that's is gonna team. play. Well I mean USC was unranked until what, two weeks ago? It's like okay, and then they did, they just, like three. randomly decided to now they they've risen into like I think they're eighteen now. Now they're the big, maybe higher. Now they're the big movers in the polls based on what. What I nothing. hate as someone who cares about stats, it completely ruins like those streaks, right? Like 
oh, this team has been ranked X amount of weeks in the poll or whatever. And so you have teams going in and out of the poll for stupid reasons just because of whether or not their seasons were playing, which makes that stat irrelevant going forward. Ohio State with the biggest drop ever going from two to yeah. unranked. <laughs> yeah, like that's not fair to them, right? It's, yeah. It's it's so stupid. I, but, I am firmly enjoying the Coastal Carolina being ranked ahead of the Chanticleers. Yeah. Chanticleers, baby. <laughs> Is that what it is? Is that a, it's yeah, a rooster? Yeah, it's a rooster. Yeah. I mean, it's better it than It has made group of five games very fun. I mean, last week we got, uh, it was like a nine versus 11 matchup of Cincinnati and SMU. Mm-hmm. Which Cincinnati, coached by Luke Fickle. Uh, One handily. For, former coach of uh, Mike Bowen, the AD at Cincinnati, which leads us into the final question here of the anticipations and expectations segment of this podcast will this year just this is the questions literally on every rundown that we do of these preseason roundtables uh and it's still here because clay houghton keeps coming back so here we go will will <laughs> the 2020 football be, be oh, a no. referendum on clay houghton jesus healing why do i always get like the annoying questions first no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, them fighting words. Wow, Michael. I don't know, I get no. the questions that are dumb and stupid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm spicy at 10 p.m. No, I yes, I the sense I get from this new administration, Mike Bone and Company, they will definitely be evaluating Wait, Mike Bone and Company. Mike Bone. Oh, oh yes, got it. <sighs> no, I got it. I, we gotta bring it back, man. We gotta mm. bring it back. You gotta make that a sound Do we know? <laughs> yeah. Do <we> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, my my sense from the Mike Bone administration is that they definitely will be evaluating Clay Helton this season. You know, this is a this is a staff that they had a big hand in putting together, and they want to see if they can make things work. Yes, they're gonna they're very much aware of the contract restrictions around Clay Helton and and just the handicaps you're gonna have with a COVID uh, budget and you know how every athletic department has been hit by it, but they definitely will not just call the season a wash. And if it, USC looks really bad, they're not going to look the other way or pull a Lynn Swan and sorry, Michael sign an extension. So, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it will be, but to the extent where, Hey, are we going to be talking about is Clay Helton going to get fired? I, I can't say right now because that buyout is just an issue and continues to be. But it's going to be less of an issue this year than it would have been last year, right? It's one fewer year. Locked yes. off the top. I mean, but in theory, any gains you might have made from a year further on in that in that contract is potentially lost by the financial hit that you're taking right. because of COVID. Exactly. So exactly. it's it's all sort of balanced out. But that's my that and that's my big question about this whole thing is what counts as a referent because for me, every season counts as a referendum on how much do I believe in Clay Helton going forward, because I don't get to make the decision, but like, is it enough? Is four and two bad enough? Is three and three bad enough? Like, I, I, I am not certain that I trust the folks uh, at the top, which they have earned our trust at this point, but still need to see what they do when it comes to making that really tough decision. Uh, four and two for me might not be good enough. Is it good enough for Mike Bone? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't think 4-2 is going to be good enough for anyone. 
I mean, again, like Saban said, barring some weird COVID situation that's like, you know, half the team is out or whatever, but you, you cross that hurdle when you get there. Uh, and speaking of the team, let's get into talking about the team on a more specific level um, and get to those questions here in our roundtable. We'll be right back. All right, guys, one of my favorite quotes in college football is Bo Schembechler saying it's all about the team, the team, the team. The same Bo Schembechler that USC sent uh, to retirement with a loss, just like they sent Lou Holtz with a loss back in the day. Uh, look at the 90s being suddenly a year that you can, I mean, a decade that you can be proud of USC football for. Uh, but... Let's, let's talk about this team. Uh, there's a reason that we're saying that this team should go 6-7-0, right? Uh, it's because they bring a lot of talent back on offense. They have a new scheme on defense with a lot of key players back on defense as well. Uh, Alicia, let's just get right to it. Who are you looking forward to, or what are you looking forward to most about this team? And what are you dreading? I am looking forward to the defense most. I'm looking forward to what Todd Orlando can do in year one, specifically what he does with the linebackers. Um, you know, I, I am excited about the prospect of, of Pali Iannate Ote being, being good. I am excited about the prospect of, of Drake Jackson being a monster at that outside linebacker spot. So I'm looking forward to, to getting our first look at that. Uh, I'm dreading the inevitable mediumness of everything where there's little things that we like and a lot of things that we don't like in the oh, first few the weeks. Inevitable. It's so inevitable, inevitable mediumness. I, I forgot medium was a term. But it's here a we term are. that's not oh, leaving. It's, medium is sticking around as long, uh, uh, like as long as Clay Helton. So you know it. The fact that you even I had forgotten that they had gone a three and three in the zero oh and six or six and zero oh beginning the last season. That's just like which is very medium. Of course they did. It is, <laughs> but but not only I that they went three and three <laughs> with one of those losses being a triple sorry uh, not triple overtime an overtime loss to a to a BYU team that never should have lost to. Yeah, yeah. So like this should have been there. four and two. I remember that. But we beat Utah, who we had no football reason to. Well, that's <laughs> very this USC. <laughs> this is true. Football reasons. Whoa, I'm getting like weird flashbacks to the 2019 season. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm. It's, a, it's a bad trip. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's, what's happening? Um. So, so speaking of those football reasons, uh, Kenny, what, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Graham Hill in year two. Um, to make an NFL comparison, if I may, year two of. Former USC offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury and what he's done there. He's got the Cardinals beating world beaters in maybe the toughest division in the NFL in total. Um, after they, a few years ago, were winning like three games. Uh, so that turnaround time can be real quick. And I think that air raid offense, even though the team hasn't had as much time to be practicing, I think the fact that that's a continuation and the fact that we kept Graham Harrell is going to pay huge dividends on offense. What I'm most afraid of is that Todd Orlando didn't get the time to install this that you would have wanted, and that it is Clay Helton at the helm of all of this. And it's like the one thing that, like, right as your brain's ready to push through and get fully hyped, 
It's like stopping you. You're like, oh, the great equalizer. Oh, right. Yeah. They're going to lose to UCLA right at the end and like everything won't work. Or beat Colorado by like five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or just not get enough style points in one of these games. Uh, and they'll like eke it out in double overtime. Yeah. Simone, I know that you're a big Graham Harrell supporter. Yeah. How, how stoked are you for SC to, to have brought him back? Oh my God. So, uh, you know, looking forward to obviously Graham Harrell. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if the running game evolves a little bit. Uh, obviously, depends on on the health of the running backs, which still kind of a question mark. But uh, I'm I'm looking to see how how Tim Drevno in year two on, in the offense can better guide the offensive line. I think that's a really intriguing part of it to me. Uh, I you know I'm not buying this tight end bullshit. Like I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. And quite frankly, I don't think it really needs to be a thing. I feel like, I feel like it's when you have Amon Ross St. Brown and, and, and TTV and Brew McCoy and, and Drake London, like tight ends, it's like a, it's like a little cherry on top. Like I don't, I'm not worried about tight ends being a focal part of the offense. The thing that I'm worried about is like, this is like a full big 12 thing going on. And like, are, are, is it going to be a full big 12 thing that we're just going to put up a lot of points and the defense is always going to be bad? I've, I've lost all faith in Palaiyanate. I don't think he's a good football player and I hope I'm wrong about that, but, uh, he seems to always play himself out of, out of his assignments and constantly is making mistakes. Uh, almost seems like just like doing whatever he wants to do with any sort of, uh, any sort of plan or, or recognition as to what he's supposed to be doing. So that that's the part that I'm worried. I'm and the last part. I'm super stoked on the the cornerbacks. So you know, ITS and, and Chris Steele um, and whoever ends up in the slot. But Greg Johnson ended up being pretty good last year. Uh, he has his moments, um, but I think that's going to be the strength of the defense. Um, and in talking to a guy that we had on the pod, Ian Boyd, he said as if. If Orlando has good defensive backs, the, the defense has a chance to be really good. And I think USC has really good defensive backs. So, Yeah, Texas had good DBs in 2017. Uh, you saw it when they gave Sam Darnold a bunch of trouble uh, in that game at the Coliseum. Keely, where, where do you stand on this? What are you looking forward to most, and, and, and what are you dreading? Hmm. I mean, everyone pretty much touched on it all. I mean, just Keaton Slovis coming into the season knowing that he's going to be the starting quarterback, I think people really underestimated. Like, he came from a high school team that did not play well. Like, I watched them in Arizona one game. They were on, like, first and goal and ended fourth in, like, 42. And I'm not even joking. That was, like, literally what happened. Yeah, it was, like, I was just watching it unfold. So he, like, I'm just curious to see how much he grows and has confidence under his belt coming into this season. Um, and just, you know, what can Graham Harrell do in year two? Everyone talks about the year two bump. What does that actually look like for this team and, and having some consistency there? And, you know, the thing that stood out to me and, and everyone's touched on it is just ta- hearing them talk about EA and how much um, apparently he's taken to Todd Orlando. And, I mean, the expectations were so high. Like, we, everyone threw out the 55 jersey, you know? Like, I can he live up to that? I'm really curious. And, and like you guys said, I think the, the, the DBs in general are an underrated group. They're really talented, but I don't feel like a lot of people are fully keying in on how good they could be this season. So I'm just curious about that. As far as dreading, I mean, 
I feel like I could come up with a lot of things. It's horrible. <laughs> Everything. The pro- and like the problem is that I feel like I have no Geiger counter. Like I would not want Geiger counter. Love it. I would not want like this. <laughs> this sounds horrible. I would not want like coaches in general to like lead me somewhere in the dark because I just don't trust what they say. Yeah. And so I don't. And now feel- you have to have that. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're really guiding me through this preseason expectation period right now. And everything that when I've seen practices, I always say in my reports, like, well, we saw this or like, I'll counter it based on what we see. And maybe they're right sometimes. But I just feel like I could be totally off base with just what I'm trying to gather through all these press conferences. And so we could get out there and it's like, what is going on? You know, and even to the point where like, Clay Helton will say, oh, there's no bumps and bruises. And then it's like, oh, right, Juliana Falunico is probably out for the whole season. Or, you know, things like that where you're like, what is going on? So it's just... There's no bumps and bruises, but also Gary Bryant Jr. hasn't been practicing all week. And, you know... (laughs) I found out today in an interview that Caleb Tremblay has been hurt. Like, it's just, you kind of figure things out on the fly. Yeah, and in some ways it kind of is making me a better reporter because now I'm seeing what fans get and I'm like, okay, now I want to know these certain things so maybe next season I can do that better. But, you know, so... And and just dreading the... If the Clay Helton-ness takes over, how do you cover that for another season? You know, I just feel like everyone involved is just exhausted for multiple reasons and this is just not going to help. So... I don't know. I uh, Hopefully it's not another Helton time period. <laughs> yeah, not being able to watch practice is, is brutal. Not only because we, we were talking about earlier, the anticipation of it, where it, it feels like we're going to be thrown into the dark, having not seen this team, and just thrown into the deep end immediately uh, with, without a warm-up. And at the same point, it feels like we've been waiting forever for college football, and both of those things are happening at the same time. And then we end up in this situation and you, you say you, you can't trust coaches. And it's, it's one of those things where we'll think about the, the coach. The coach has to be optimistic. The coach has, has to be positive. The coach coaches are always going to talk up their players. Coaches are always going to keep things close to the vest too. So it's inherently a system that ends up being secretive and not to say not non-factual, but, you know, not not exactly the most crystal clear perception of everything, which makes all of these questions really hard. And that's why I think that like it's easier to talk about the the hypotheticals um, for us this off season than the cold hard facts because we don't have those right. Um, and I think it gives us a little bit more leeway in every, anything that we predict too, um, because we can predict based on what this team should be on paper versus what we're seeing on the field because we don't know what that is right now, right? Like, you you, no you just don't know. Yeah, and there's no incentive for coaches to be 100% transparent. Like, it doesn't no, help no, you not at all. competitively, like... Th- there's only are... one David Shaw. True. Like, they're, <laughs> they're not our friends, necessarily. You know what I mean? They're not going to try and help us out. At the that's end what of my day, parents they're... used to say, too. They're going to they're gonna want to win games, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> if if yeah. they're lying to you, then they are not really your friends. Which leads us to uh, join us later this week when we play Among Us. And, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometime we will Twitch stream that. We, we will see. Someday. We, so, someday. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like Keely is going to expose some major scandal. 
like an international one someday. And this is preparing her for that. My Among Us skill? No, 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 not the Among Us skills, but the, the not not trusting what you're hearing from anyone. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let, let's get let's get back to the team. The, remember, Bo Schembechler, the team, the team, the team. Uh, uh, rapid fire here. Uh, most promising parts of the offense, Simon. The wide receivers. Yeah, they're loaded, right? Yeah. Keely? I'm going to say Keen Slovis, just to be different. I just have to yeah, say... T- taking have to the quarterback is different. Come on. Wide <laughs> receiver scheme, depth. I mean, the scheme is also what I like. For sure, yeah. Wide receiver depth, guys, it's going to be an issue. I can sense uh, it. It's not it's good. Right now. Right now, at least. It's not. Uh, yes, for, Juan, idiot. I, I'm going to buck the trend, and I'm going to go with the tight ends. And by the tight ends, I mean Drake London. Stop so. throwing to the tight end. Uh, just let's embrace calling Drake London a tight end so we can stop having this conversation. Mm-hmm. You want to twist it in your favor. Twist it in your favor. <laughs> uh, most promising aspect of the defense, Kenny. Uh, that Pendergast is no longer here. <laughs> that it can't be Sometimes worse Sometimes than letting Iowa run up the score. Someone you agree? Uh, defensive backs. Yeah. Uh, I I would I would agree that the defensive back train that that we had discussed. Not just Hufanga, but the corners. I think the corners yeah. were all pretty good last year, which was crazy. I think we all talked about uh, Burns, Greg Burns, last year being one of SC's he's best fine. coaches that yeah. nobody expected him to be, uh, and he's the guy who didn't get retained. Um, so that's how it ended up being. Uh, really quick, before we get into some quick hitters on players, uh, biggest concern on offense, Keely? Um, probably a tie between running back health and just how the offensive line gels. I think the coaches are much more confident about that after seeing their practice for a bit, but it still was something that I had circled coming into this season. Um, but I mean, they're talented. Can they put it together? I'm not sure yet. Alicia, your thoughts? Yeah, for me, it's all wide receiver depth. It is all wide receiver, one or two injuries and... It's starting to look quite a bit different than uh, it cer- currently looks right now. Simone? Line play on each side. I, I, I really am worried about the defensive line um, and the offensive line very much. I, yeah. Kenny, what concerns I'm always worried about the lines as well, but I'm going to say if Keaton Slovis gets injured. Yeah, he, yeah. he was knocked down a million times last year. Uh, yeah. SC's going to need to keep Which him healthy. Which that ties into the line, but yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, on defense for me, I'm going to take line as your answer, yeah. Simon and Kenny, on defense. But on defense for me, it's going to be uh, the linebackers. I thought the linebackers didn't have a good season last year. I think this, the new scheme should help them. Uh, but the concern, again, is not being able to have spring camp. And will that maybe delay them? Um, because, again, it's a short season. So it's not like they have much time to really gel here. Uh, Alicia, your your biggest concern on defense? Yeah, it's 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 just Todd Orlando getting this getting this going quickly enough. I guess to make it specific, that the defense doesn't click early enough with the tougher part of the schedule early. 
So having to stop Jaden Daniels in week one is not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. The schedule is not helpful in that sense. But but that is us being picky because, again, the schedule is <laughs> Yes, that is us being picky. Right. You, you, can't, you can't complain about that because the schedule is so beneficial in literally every other aspect. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, take a quick break, come back, and uh, we're going to get to talking about specific players and run down some uh, rapid-fire questions. All right, guys, it is the rapid-fire section of the podcast. We're going to go through here super quick, talking about USC's key players and the key questions around them. Simon, Keaton Slovis, is he a realistic Heisman contender or a product of USC hype? I think he's real. I think he's the real deal. I think but with the offense, uh, with the schedule, uh, and the fact that what he did last season in uh, and, and missing some games all and missing some time in in games or games altogether, uh, I think I think it's real. I think he's every bit as as he showed last year. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, this year, but I, I have no reason to believe that it's not real. You agree, Alicia? Yep, I think he's real, and the only thing that'll stand between him and being considered one of the top quarterbacks in the country is his health. I, I know two other things that might stand between that, and they are Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. Well. Mac Jones is a revelation <laughs> at Alabama. True, but but contender. He can be a contender. I, I didn't yeah, say he'd be yes. the best quarterback in the in the country, just among he, He's a Heisman contender. I, I think yes. it's real. Keely, you agree? Yes, I agree. That's my contribution. <laughs> All right. Brew McCoy. Fill in the blank on Brew McCoy. He's the most anticipated Trojan since who, Kenny? Ooh. Um, Amon Ra. Amon okay. Ra got a ton of hype. He got yeah. an HBO special. I, I like that pick. Alicia? I made this comparison, and I feel bad about it, but George Farmer. It's <laughs> a good one. All right. I mean, it's it's not a bad comparison given the injuries. Keely, what what say you? Is Solomon Tulio a poo poo count? Because that's even yeah, worse, Keely. Oh no, this is a bad omen. <laughs> you guys are never going to play. I was trying to be positive. <laughs> Simon, you, you got one. Uh, it's either Farmer George Farmer for me or Joe McKnight. R.I.P. Oh, Joe Joe McKnight. It's a good one. I don't know that it can be Joe McKnight because there was a guy named Matt Barkley in, in the middle there. Sure. But that's a, that's a good call. I think he's someone who, if it wasn't for COVID and if it wasn't for the Clay Helton era, which I think has dampered expectations in a lot of ways, I think people would be freaking out for, for Brew McCoy and just anxious to see what he, what he can do. To me, as long as SC's been waiting at the same point, this is only year two. Yeah. Like I feel like it's been a, like it's been five years since he left Modern Day. Well, time it's, it's is completely warped. <laughs> this is true. The, the The time is completely uh, out of sync here. Uh, Keely, can Elijah Bear Tucker win the Morris Trophy? Refresh me on the Morris Trophy. I apologize. <laughs> same lineman, same but, comment for myself. Okay, I wasn't best sure. Best lineman it was like... voted on by the Pac-12 lineman of the opposite side of the ball. So who's voting for this? The defensive, defensive linemen in the conference. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry. I'm being exposed for how I don't pay attention to watch lists at all. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's a good I way to choose to live your life. Wow. Wait, you know, I 
the problem I have is that, you know, PFF graded him really well as a guard. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be USC's tackle, I just don't know what that looks like. So yep. I'm going to say yes, question mark, just to make things spicy. Yeah. There's no Penny Sewell, Simone. Do you, do you think that gives him a chance? Yeah, there's no Penny Sewell. And then there's no, there's a guy, there was a guy at Washington uh, that I think that's also sitting out. Um Levi was a rookie. He's a D lineman. They have an offensive D-lineman. lineman that's also oh. that is. I can't remember his name, but I uh, I think yeah, I think he can. Uh, but to Keeley's point, is the tackle experiment going to pan out? Uh, it, it can be a killer for some linemen. Uh, it's they're two completely different positions, uh, but it's possible. Certainly in the realm of possibility. I it, kind of the same way that Keaton Slovis is a Heisman contender. Yeah, I, I think uh, he can contend for it, and lacking any other front runners, I think he can absolutely win it. It, it certainly helps that Panay Sewell is out. Uh, Stanford has another has a lineman sitting out as well. Um, Walker Little, Walker Little. he was yeah, Walker yeah. Little opted out. Yeah, so it, mostly it's just I'm not sure who else who's left is is that guy. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's it's a beneficial situation. Kenny, you, you, you agree? ABT could be there? I do. All right, let's go to Palie Naoteote. Uh, Simon, you kind of wrote him off. Yeah. But but what's the percentage oh. chance he plays like a 55 in 2020? We've seen one game uh, in which we all thought that, man, this dude is the next second coming of what a 55 is, and that was the Colorado game two years ago. That seems like forever ago. Since then, he was benched by Clancy Pendergast for Ruben Peters for a, for a fullback. He was benched for a fullback, a yeah. walk-on fullback. Great. Um, and now he ha- he's coming off of a year in which he really struggled, but he's going to be in a new defense. So, what's the percentage chance he plays like a fifty-five this year? Like twenty-five percent. I don't know. I just I don't. I think he's miscast as inside linebacker. That's my biggest problem with him. I think he should be an edge rusher. I don't think he should be an inside linebacker. In, in Madden terms, what, what would you put him? Is he a power rusher, a speed rusher? He's probably a, a power rusher type guy, right? Like, because the big issue with him is, uh, I think it, I feel like it's like recovery and lateral quickness. He's kind of just like he's all out all the time, for better or for worse. So that's why I feel like as an inside linebacker, that's not really what made Cam so great. Cam Smith, for example, so great is how uh, how he kind of just saw things happen and and was always in the right spot. And I don't feel that way with EA at all. Keely, you're you're always a big believer in press conferences. So now that you've been hearing a lot of positivity about Polyane Nautoyante, where are you putting that percentage? The problem is that this is such a loaded question. It's not like, hey, do you think he'll improve under Todd Orlando? It's like, will he be the next 55? I, I, <laughs> I don't yeah, whoever know. Whoever wrote this rundown is just trash. It's so, total trash. And uh, I, I, I'll, I won't stop blaming Will for it. I mean, <laughs> he sent this well, in last minute. Um, I don't know. I just want to be like uh, annoying and say a 55% chance, but... Oh, that's uh, what I was going to do! <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. Someone said twenty-five. Yeah. I'll say thirty. Hmm. The, there, the there price you go, Kenny. is right. Fifty-five. Fifty-five. And Keely didn't say it. My. I gave it to you, Kenny. You're <laughs> no, welcome. No, no. <laughs> Alicia, you got the one-dollar bid on the line. Are you going to take it? 
Oh man, I uh, I am very much caught between two stools here. I I kind of agree with Saman that I'm not convinced that he has the instincts or the the sort of he's built up the mental side of the game yet to be the the middle linebacker. Um, maybe Todd Orlando's defense simplifies it for him or clicks with him, but uh. I'm going to go full-blown cop-out and just go 50%. Yeah, I I think there's a 35% chance. Okay. Uh, I'll go in the middle of everybody. I think that, that that's a even... So medium. We'll go 33%. Such a, a medium pick. I hope <laughs> yeah, we're all wrong. I, I know. Uh, Drake Jackson uh, is moving to the outside. He always was at the outside. He was a defensive end before. Now he's truly becoming that outside edge rusher technically going to be a linebacker in this defense. Uh, Saman, you you talked about uh, Naoteote being someone who probably should be in that position. Well, here it is. It's Drake Jackson. How does that affect your expectations of what to, to expect for him this year? So he's dropped, what, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, something like that? 30. Um, I, I think the athleticism is there that I think he... I think he can do it. I, I, there's no sort of question there for me. He's a great edge rusher, and I think he he had. I mean, his his highlight of of the summer, the the spring game, or one of the summer camps. The pick six. The pick six was a pick six. So I think he can drop back into coverage. And the question is whether he's going to be able to make those reads or not is the big thing because we've never seen him really do it. Um, it I, it's weird to say that I feel more confident in Drake Jackson doing something that I, we haven't seen him do versus EA. Would you've seen two years of, but I feel like he can do it. Where do you stand, Keely? The problem is that we're basing this off of a Drake Jackson who's been out for, I believe, all of camp right now, at least the majority of camp. And that, to me, kind of skews mm. my evaluation of, of what's going to happen. And, and I'm trying to get a sense of things, too. And someone I talked to kind of cautioned, like, if you drop 30 pounds, like your body just moves completely differently. And someone else suggested like, maybe that's why his hamstring was a little, was an issue just because you're moving so differently when you drop that much weight in that short amount of time. So someone was like, it might not be the Drake Jackson we we came to knew, came to know in his freshman year, you know? So I'm hesitant just because, you know, he's dealing with an injury. It kind of reminds me of Cam Smith when he had that hamstring injury and it just kind of lingered the whole season. I'm hoping it's not that for J- Drake Jackson's sake, but convoluted answer to say, I'm not sure. I Because if it's not broke, why change it? You know, why fix it? So I I don't know. Where Isn't that what Todd Orlando's saying, though? Because, like, it, his his defensive scheme is yeah, the he's 3 like five, molding, so why should yeah. he change his, his scheme? I, I guess so. I Because then, cause, exactly, because what do you do in this scheme with Drake Jackson? Right. So... I don't know. What's Cause, the question? Cause I think to, to make him like a run-stopping end like Leonard Williams, I think kind of neuters his, his rushing ability. Well, he would also... How much weight change in the opposite direction would he have to do? He would He'd have, have to, to add, up. He would have to add yeah. the 30... To, yeah. So whatever he lost, it would... Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it right so, and I don't think you want that from Drake Jackson. So it's like, I guess this was what you wanted to do, but it's like, what happens if 
this all goes horribly and the whole staff gets fired. Now you have Drake Jackson that's super much lighter, like in a different position, out of position. I don't know. It's it's an experiment that, that I'm curious about. So that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's turn the page to the offense. Uh, Kenny, it's third down and four. Uh, Keaton Slovis' yes. arm a little tired. He's been throwing a lot. You have to run the ball to pick mm-hmm. up a first down. Who are you giving it to? Marquise Step. There you go. Saman, you agree? If he's healthy, yes. At least no, I agree. had him sick and coughing on everyone. <laughs> nice. But not, but not COVID. Not, not with COVID. No, this is after. Okay. You got to know my this. answer here. It's my guy, Vi. I, I think he'd uh, will himself to the four yards that he needed. He makes me drool. Yep. Keely, who are you picking? Marquis Step. I. He just has that power. That power yes. that will get you over the line. Guys, give me Keeney Kristen. They don't slump. <laughs> wow. All right. Speed. <laughs> don't slump. He's your new Dominic Davis. <laughs> wow. Hey, 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 so hey. much better. In, in memory. Dom Davis down the sideline. <laughs> That's right. Was that the uh, game where we all got horribly sunburned? That was at Arizona, right? The Arizona game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Keely, you are now the OC. It oh. is fourth and twelve, and all the running backs are tired because they've been running too much. So Keaton Slovis has to throw the football. You've got to pick up a first down. Who are you throwing the ball to? Mr. Amon Ra St. Brown. He's just he's a professional at the college level. He will get that ball in his hands whether it kills him, you know? He's gonna he's gonna make that that catch. You agree, Simone? I think the defense is gonna take away Amon Ra as the first option, so I think it's gonna be Drake London. Okay. That's because Simone loves USC basketball, too. Yes. He wants to get the, <laughs> exactly. the dual athletes some credit, which yeah. I respect. I, I like him as well. But I would go Amon Ra. Alicia, where are you sitting on this one? I'm going Tyler Vaughn's. I think there's something to Amon Ra being taken away, and I think uh, Tyler has made some big plays on uh, on some fourth downs. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree. I, I think if there's one thing that we've seen from Tyler Vaughn's during his career, he's going to make the crazy catch when you need it. Mm-hmm. He he might drop a ball might drop on, an easy one. on third <laughs> yeah. wide open. A nice first and ten. <laughs> but he's gonna make an insane catch on on fourth and twelve. And okay. that's that that's how good Tyler Vaughn's can be. Especially if in a situation like this, I think that you would probably key in on Amon Ross St. Brown and Drake London potentially before Tyler Vaughn's just because of the size that Drake London brings you. And the skill that Amon Ross St. Brown brings you. So maybe that leaves open Tyler Vaughn's. But so so was I supposed to scheme this? Like was I supposed to be like No, just yeah, awesome. yeah, you kind of missed <laughs> Keely, that's all right. Uh, Keely, you're supposed uh, to make all of your routes. You're supposed okay. to set up your My your bad. blocking as well. Who's running the uh, option give us route. the formation. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not Sorry. we're not Cam Newton. We were gonna allow you to name the routes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Was that a dig? A dig uh, route? Uh, <laughs> but is that... Wow. <laughs> we All should right. just go out there. Just cut the audio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll just end on that slant. Uh, which <laughs> leads us... Nice. 
<laughs> Sounds like we need to go. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like your math out. puns in the last episode, I believe it was. The geometry one. Oh, yeah. The, the trig. The, the trig. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for co-signing on those. Oh, I, I, I appreciate it. But yeah, we don't want welcome. to go on any, on any tangents in this episode. Uh, we want to go with the waves. <laughs> this is why you don't encourage him, people. I thought it was a cute one. Geometry. <laughs> We need Thank to finish you. so that Michael can post this podcast. Oh. There we go. There we go. While, while we're all I'm still tragic. in the bubble. Oh, yeah. While we're all still in the bubble, like, like Simon says. <laughs> uh, and one last drag off this podcast leads us to... Uh, Can't wait to come back and do this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to curl around after the, after... <laughs> Uh, the season and uh, and do that uh, on the fly, potentially wheeling around. And, I don't know that I want to get and, out of here. Yeah, it's, especially if SC can get in the playoff. You never know. Uh, Saman, where where can can we reach you? you Could reach me at uh, Saman Jabari on Twitter. You can follow uh, Kenny and I's show and Will when you know he's not doing Amsterdam things uh, at uh, Traveler Hates Thursdays. Is that a euphemism? No, be. but we do record once every quarter, so you know we'll be back <laughs> at some point. We are recording this weekend, so there we will are. be a new episode next week. Awesome, we're we're looking forward to it. Uh, you you can be found at Saman Jabari on Twitter, right? Correct. S a m a n d g j a b b a r. I usually hear Will, Will's. Yeah. Voiced in my head, and and when I need to, I'm stumbling. Yeah, sounds like Will is absent again. You can find me there, and then the the pod the pod Twitter is at tht underscore usc. Kenny, where, where where can you find you besides at, Big Log Dropper at Kenneth Martin Seven on Twitter? No, that's right. not me. We all know. All right, uh, <laughs> Keely, uh, you can be found over at uscfootball.com dot com. But uh, it's true, I I don't remember what what's, what's your name on on Twitter. It's Keely's my name. That's right. He doesn't follow her. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but she doesn't listen to the podcast, so... Yeah, Okay, fair. false. False. Also, I'm really glad, since it's so late at night, if you had come to me first and said, where can we reach you, I probably would have just said my phone number out of, like, pure <laughs> <laughs> exhaustion. That would be hilarious. Just Keely self-doxes on my yeah, Exactly. So I'm really glad you didn't come to me first. There you go. Uh, thanks, you guys, for coming on, as always. Uh, which leads us to mentioning that, hey, if you like our show, uh, if you like their show, go listen to us. Go, I, what am I doing? If you like us. If you like them, you'll like us more. So keep listening to us. <laughs> and if you better. like their shows, come listen to our show. And if you like all yeah, of us, go listen friends. to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash friend for get all of our bonus content. There's those five fifty five per month. Um, yeah, Alisa, you got a final word? The final word is good night. As in, I think we have all proven that we are all in that adult phase of our lives where <laughs> it's 11 o'clock and I think... But I've also had a good night. Yeah. You did have a good night. I mean, I had a good night. I had a great yeah. time. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. That's going to be the last corner out of the pod. <laughs> but I'm just really, You're really I'm, forcing I'm forced, that in there. I'm forcing these picks at, at this point. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be it. Thanks for listening. As always, we will see you next time. Until then, see ya. See ya. Woo! 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.